Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome to a Monday night football edition of the Elephants in the Room. It is October 3rd. Katie, how you doing? How you doing? doing well except that i really wanted to get our snoopy up this weekend and we didn't which ended up being a blessing in disguise because we're having a really vicious dust storm rolling through it's been rolling it's been going on for like three hours outside yeah it's like we have hurricane ian here it's it's we have we have consistent like 30 to 60 mile an hour winds and um but no no rain Right. What well, causes this garbage. is the desert? Just garbage. Um, and but, a political sign took out some of my cactus. Our cactus. Our cactus. So I'm not super pleased about that. I don't even know if the person's sign who went down is even still in the running. No, Rodney's not. Yeah. So his stupid sign that he was supposed to take down like a month ago took out my cactus. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, that's uh, the guy. The guy who's uh, he was attorney general. No, the guy who got that is the uh, the guy with the hat. Abe Hamaday? No. Oh yeah, maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was the Abe. No, I was thinking. I'm thinking of Fincham. I'm thinking of Fincham. You're right. It's Abe Hamaday or whatever. I should really appreciate this moment right now because I do not usually get these things right when he gets them wrong. You got it right. You got it right. So. And we were just going to take a moment for that. We should take a moment to, we should have a, we, we need like a, that should be like a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I get a moment. Katie gets a moment. We'll think of some other better way to celebrate that. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I guess the big news is that North Korea tested an intercontinental ballistic missile and fired it over Japan. Oh, great. Yeah, just fired it over Japan, you know, into the into the water. Uh, yeah, Guam. Nothing to, to see here, folks. Yeah. The totally thing that's, normal. The thing that's interesting for us in the United States is that Guam was in striking distance of this one. So, you know, uh, for all our military and everyone on Guam, uh, wonderful. Um, yeah, but that's... Wait, if Guam gets hit, are we technically in a war? Like, would well, that pull us into a war? Yeah, well, if they, hit a, if, they hit, if they hit our Air Force Base there, yeah, we, I don't... I think that would be a... I think that would be a shockingly stupid decision. <laughs> Let's attack the United States military and see what happens. F around and find out. <laughs> right, that was Petraeus's point. Like, if Russia used a nuclear weapon, he's like, at that point, you're basically attacking the world, and the world's going to respond not kindly. Um, but anyways... <clears throat> Uh, welcome to the show. We are 36 days out from the election. 35 days? 36 days? That sounds right. I didn't count, so... It's November 8th, right? I have it in front of me right here. 
This is the general election guide. Yes, November 8th. From the Citizens Clean Election Commission. Yes, Max Your didn't grow up in a state where they November send 8th. the giant pamphlet like I did. Arizona and I'm very Citizens excited to be in another state that sends out the giant pamphlet. There you go. Paid if, for by the Citizens Clean Elections Fund. There you go. AZCleanElections.gov. So this is this is government. Okay. Wonderful. So, anyways, that's actually where 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 we are starting tonight. Um, looking at the latest polls. Okie doke. What we have heading in. Lay it on me. Uh, let's lay it on you. Uh, let's head to Florida first, where it looks like Rubio and DeSantis are cruising towards victories. I feel like they're only going to get stronger as this hurricane stuff goes because. I think well, just, I, I think DeSantis is going to do a great job. Well, fingers Hopefully. crossed. Fingers crossed. Please but remember, a there's job. a lot of stuff that's outside of his control. And and this is one of those things that natural disasters give a lot of opportunities for your opponents to point out where things don't when things don't go well. Remember Katrina. You know, Brownie. I, I think, think Brownie's doing a heck of a job. Well, Brownie wasn't maybe probably Brownie did, ended up not doing some heck of a well, job there, George. As long as you are doing the right thing and fighting for your constituents and you're clear about that yes i think that's fine like yes you may not be able to get all the federal aid you want if they don't want to help you but mm -hmm. as long as you're fighting and doing everything you can in the citizens see that i think that's what counts i i agree with that i i i, I agree with that for the most part and i think that's because um uh after 15 years with you, I'm turning into an optimistic person. And I think that's a really optimistic view of it citizenry. It took 15 years, folks, but we finally got him on I'm our like, side. I'm like a 50.0001% <laughs> optimist now. No, I think that that's a rosy picture of the populace because I think in times like these, the cynical side of me says it's really easy to poke holes in responses because things are never quick enough for people. Remember, we live in an age where we want things faster and more immediate than ever before. So that's going to play a role into this. You know, the just natural human psychology of we live in an on-demand world and having your power out, not having internet, not having access to drinking water, not being able to drive around. These are all things that are gonna, gonna, gonna weigh on people. You know, I want my insurance money now. I need it now. The cost of gas is skyrocketing. The cost of things are still going. Inflation hasn't stopped. Inflation hasn't gone away. That's fair. What I'm hoping mm -hmm. is that those in Florida will realize that that's not DeSantis's fault. That's Biden's fault. I agree. I agree. And that's and that's and that's where I think I come down on the side of I do think because Ron DeSantis is a naturally uh, um, uh, competent person, I think he's going to lead a competent relief effort that does right by all of the citizens of Florida. And um, and I think in some ways that's going to help carry Rubio to victory because, you know, with DeSantis at the top of the ticket, you know, people are going to go, well, you know, and Rubio, well, you know, you know, Rubio, Rubio's fine. Rubio's fine. Rubio's a fairly inoffensive Republican governor at this point. Um, you know, good, solid conservative vote. You know, he's one of those, he's like, he's like one of those guys that I'm like, I kind of feared could have gotten primary this year heavily. Like if he didn't say the right thing, maybe you primary and you could really and you could screw up an election that we should be we should Marco Rubio, you know, could be senator for life there. You know, like let's not screw that one up because 
because, you know, he doesn't think that, you know, someone had was stuffing ballots into, you know, Dade County boxes after hours. Um, like, let's let's not let's not do that. Um, and so I'm really glad that didn't happen. And DeSantis seems to be cruising to victory because, I mean, Florida has to be tired of Charlie Crist right now. I mean, he seems to end up on every single election ballot and they keep telling him, no, we don't want you. We don't want you. And he keeps coming back. And at some point, hopefully he's going to learn that she's just not that into you. Um, moving on from that, uh, Joe Biden job approval, uh, Disapprove 55, approve 44. That's Rasmussen. Monmouth has his approval rating at 38. Oof. Remember, Rasmussen leans right. Monmouth doesn't. Monmouth has him at 38. Monmouth also has the generic congressional vote, Republicans plus two. And we, as we all know, if Republicans are in the red, if they're in the, if they're in the good, R plus two, that means a win. Um... The big poll that came out this week that uh, had Democrats freaking out came from Nevada in the Nevada Senate race uh, and the governor race um, had um, uh, LaSalt, 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 45, Cortez Mastro, the Democrat, incumbent at 43. So we're up two. Lombardo, 45, Sisolak, 42. Lombardo's the Republican candidate. So plus three in the governor race, plus two in the Senate race. So within margin of error, but ahead, ahead, and that's Nevada, and that would be a pickup. And if we're winning in Nevada, that means good, good, good things are happening across the board, folks. And one of those great things is something that um, was a um, was a victory for um, the, the Trump campaign in 2016 and 2020, which was um, his successful courtship of Hispanic voters while also mm-hmm. having a strong law enforcement message when it came to the border. Yeah. And the, the, the elites in the media always looked at those two things as paradoxical. But what they failed to realize is that um, um, you can't group people um, you know, into one category based on their ethnicity. People, yeah, I know, shocking, right? People are going to uh, vote based on the things that they experience on, in their own daily lives. And uh, Hispanics are moving more and more and more into the Republican Party because they're starting to see, one, they don't just have to vote Democrat. They feel like Democrats are moving away from them. Um, uh, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanted to talk about this poll. Uh, it's a New York Post article. This was from Sunday. Um, Democrats have a 20, point percentage, 20 percentage point lead over Republicans among Latino voters. But that advantage has slipped from past election cycles. Right now, this is according to NBC News Telemundo. 54% of Latino voters picked Democrats. 33% went Republicans. But that's down from a 20, uh, that's a 21-point lead. But that's down from a 26-point lead in October 2020, a 34-point lead in October 2016, and a 42-point lead in October 2012. Latinos are split on the... Performance uh, of uh, job performance of President Biden with 51% approving of his job performance and 45% disapproving. Among the issues garnering their disapproval are the cost of living, 60%, the economy, 54%, and border security and immigration, 51%. Mm. Yep. So. 
this is a shift that's been going on over time. Um, there was, um, and and this did, so this was tele, so this was NBC News Telemundo, and they went and they spoke. NBC went and spoke with these people, um, um, who they who they surveyed and and got them on the record of like, hey, you know, like what what what, what was the reasoning for this? What are you thinking? You know, I didn't mean it like these people. I meant it as like you know these specific people who are responding, who either responded to the survey or a part of um, like uh, like get out the the Latin vote yeah. coalition type organizations, um, which we have like we have this commercial in Arizona that oh, runs yeah. that one of like the um, the uh, uh, of like you know like it's like. <laughs> It's just so ham-fisted and weird. It's like, like yeah. Latinos are a large part of the Arizona community. It's like, duh. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, like, not, I'm not like, like, I like try to downplay it, but it's just like, well, yeah, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like saying like, oh, it's like hot outside. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, so NBC went and was like, okay, this is like, this shift is clearly going on. What's happening here? Uh, this is Carolina Rodriguez Greer, the Arizona state director for the advocacy group, Mi Familia Vota. We're not just going to blindly vote in one particular direction. We're going to vote in the direction of folks who are going to be paying attention to the issues that are important to us. Um... They spoke with um, a woman uh, who said uh, her name is Marissa Morrington. She's in Phoenix. I feel like the Democrat Party looks at my demographic and assumes that I'm going to vote for them. I'm a Latina woman. That has historically been the party's bread and butter. Um, and, uh, ho- and then they spoke with Jose Areola and Maria Batres out of Texas, and they're both former Democrats who now support the Republican Party. Asked what it is she agrees with the Republican Party on, uh, Maria said, we're for God, country, family, and hard work. She accused Democrats of changing a great deal over the years. Um, Areola later added that uh, Democrats are failing on issues like border security and immigration. We don't feel safe anymore. And um, and that's a true thing, and and it's and it and it really cuts both ways because, um, it's the immigration thing is certainly a board the border security issue is certainly a security issue. I I believe it's a national security issue first and foremost. You can't just have people coming and walking across your border here and there. We don't know who these people are. Yep. Yes, I understand that there are plenty. We've gone through this. There are plenty of people who want to make their lives better, but there are plenty of people who want to do bad. We have to protect ourselves from the bad people, and we have to put the safeguards in. Sorry, not sorry. Um, and that and that is an issue with so many criminals along the border. It's a real issue. And um, Democrats looking the other way, um, it really um, it really scares people on the border, no matter who you are, um, because there are there is a lot of criminal gang activity that is involved with trafficking people through Central America, up through Mexico, and into the United States. Um, not to mention the drug cartels that basically control northern Mexico right across our border. There are shootings, there are murders that happen across the border. There are shootings that happen across the border. Um, furthermore, there are also 
a lot of organizations on the right and the left, I would say the more humanitarian aid organizations, um, certainly a lot of church groups and, you know, what I would call the do-gooders on the left, um, that are going, this is inhumane. This process is inhumane. You've created a system where you're inviting all of these people over here, basically saying, we'll, we'll give you food, shelter, this and that, but you have no... There's no structure here. You're basically inviting them to take this horrible, horribly uh, dangerous journey with no, with no actual plan for what's going to happen when they cross over your border. Yeah. And that, that is inhumane. That is 100% inhumane what's going on. And, and so, um, and so it, it really does cut, the, the border issue really does cut, cut uh, across um you know a lot of different ways and it's it's another like we say another great example of democrats thinking that their um their compassion is doing good when in fact their compassion is getting people killed <laughs> mhm um and that's why we need to vote these people out of office. Axios, don't look now, but the GOP has momentum in the Senate race. Dun, dun, dun. If Axios is saying, do it, they do they list do they list Arizona as one of the states? Because I don't know well, about that. <laughs> I want to get to Arizona, and I'm going to get to Arizona. Although in a I did see some. Well, I don't know if I would call them pro masters ads. They were technically they were like they're softening him. Yeah, it was basically like uh, Biden and Mark Kelly are absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. You must vote for masters. But it was like a essentially it was like listen, <laughs> listen. We're not going to tell you we like Blake Masters, but we're going <laughs> to remind you that Mark Kelly and Joe Biden aren't great. So yeah. maybe try so, the alternative. So I don't really want to talk about the alternative, but there is an alternative. There's an alternative, and, and we're all going to hope that he's not going to be as cuckoo when he gets to the Senate. Or, or, or on the debate stage with Mark Kelly. <gasps> when is that debate? Oh, my gosh. I, I need to watch that. Look up Arizona Senate debate. Okay. Because, I'll do that while you because I want to talk about going. Because I want to talk an update to this because what we've been talking about, people sitting on the sidelines in the Republican Party, well, guess what? Someone who was active in the primary, jumping in to the general, big name on the right, big name, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel, he's going, held a fundraiser for Blake Masters this past weekend. Now, Masters has always been pulling behind Mark Kelly, like six, seven points. Carrie Lake and Hobbs, that's a coin flip. That's going to be a total coin flip. But Masters, but Masters is behind Kelly by a solid six to seven points. Peter Thiel's now saying, hey, look, Ohio, looks like we got that in the bag. I'm putting all my money now into Arizona. Oh. Try to get Masters over the top. Also, side note, the debate is this Thursday at 6, so we're going to have to put football on mute. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Just so everyone knows. We'll Tor give you a recap on Friday. Torchies football and debate. Yeah. We'll give you all a recap. What's Thursday? I don't think we can go in person, but I will also put in the effort to see. I don't want to go in person. Well, it's at the PBS studios in Phoenix. We can submit a debate question. Oh, God, it takes me straight to the email. That's okay. All right, keep going. But 
It would be really cool to go. Just saying. There is no button to press, I would like to go. So I'm guessing you can't go. This question is for both of the candidates. (laughs) Um, If you were the Arizona Cardinals head coach, how would you balance the reality that (laughs) the team's offense plays better when Kyler Murray runs about while balancing the fact that he's 5'10", a fragile little snowflake, you've just guaranteed him $160 million, and one wrong hit takes him out for a very long time. (laughs) You have 30 seconds. Peter Thiel believes Republican Ohio Senate Senate candidate J.D. Vance will defeat his Democrat Party rival Tim Ryan and intends to open up his wallet for Blake Masters in Arizona. Masters trails Kelly with independent voters 36 to 51. I wonder why that is. Um, Well, here's the issue. Here's the issue. Basically, Mitch McConnell, he canceled $10 million in ads for Masters. He said, hey, look, this is, you're not being competitive. And you don't, you're not putting any of your own money in. So you you've got to, uh, um, and he also well he also probably didn't like the fact that Blake Masters spent the entire primary trashing Mitch McConnell. And guess what? Now Mitch McConnell's the only one spending money, and Blake Masters' two benefactors, one of them is now deciding to spend money in general. The other one. Is spending money on Melania's clothes. <laughs> but that is neither here nor there. But good for Peter Thiel stepping up. Masters needs it. But Masters doesn't need money, Peter. What he needs is an image makeover. And you've got 36 days. So best of luck. We hope you do it. I'll be voting for you, Blake. Just 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 be a regular dude. Um, just be cool, man. Just be cool, man. Let me tell you what I love. I love Kamala Harris getting out there. Chopping, oh, my goodness. Chopping it up with the people, as they say. Don't you love that? She's chopping it up with the people. Oh, my goodness. Chopping it up. What is the fairy godmother bringing us this week? Speaking to actress Priyanka Chopra Jonas is that Jonas is this married to a Jonas brother I have no I don't follow this they they don't have any sisters let's right let's do a search here I don't have sisters <laughs> Priyanka Chopra is definitely married to jo- Nick Jonas okay there you go Nick Jonas okay there we go okay, okay. at the Democratic National Committee's Women's Leadership Forum on Friday Harris claimed that people of color in low-income communities are most affected by natural disasters such as Hurricane Ian. Because of this, Harris described how federal relief should be given based on equity. It is our lowest-income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and impacted by issues that are not of their own making. And to women, to which Harris replied, absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, Understanding that we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity. Understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if people want to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities and do that work. The audience applauded Harris's statements. This makes no sense. So just remember, folks in Florida, when you're thinking about voting for anyone other than Marco Rubio or Ron DeSantis (laughs) or anyone with an R next to their name, 
Um, or if you live in any of the other 49 states that may or may not need federal relief at one point or another, just remember that the Democrat Party full-throated endorses the, uh, the dispersal of federal aid based on the color of your skin. If that's not racism, I legitimately do not know what is. I have to agree. This is crazy. We Wild. Are, we, are, we, are, we are moving back into a segregated society. For anyone who's like on the fence as to why this is racist, just replace all of those with white people and tell me if it's still racist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're only going to give aid to the white people. That's equity. Mm-hmm. Just let that sink in. Sounds great to me. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Uh, come on. That's an easy one. That was a layup, folks. <laughs> that's, that's, you know. You I'm know, trying to make a solid point over here. I, agree, I, know, what you, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I think we all do. Got to make that joke. All right. But anyways, Hispanics moving towards the GOP. GOP looking good. So many great things. Oh, the knives are out for Kamala. This is what I wanted to finish this. And then, and then I got to get into this next story. Bill Maher. He cannot stand Vice President Harris. We should call her Vice President Harris. And we should call President Biden President Biden. But the fact is they always call Donald Trump Trump or Donald Trump. So they don't get those titles. So Kamala Harris. Bill Maher can't stand her. Anyway, so this woman, Caitlin Flanagan, she's a, uh, an author, a writer at The Atlantic. For those of you without a library, <laughs> The Atlantic is a snobby East Coast publication that used to have decent articles about literature and politics and is now just a complete radical left-wing um, screech fest. Yep, it's that's a shame. accurate. It's a shame, isn't it? The Atlantic used to be one of my favorite reads. One of my favorite reads. Love reading The Atlantic. Um, it was left wing, but you want to know what? It was good writing. And good writing, you have to appreciate good writing for good writing. Right? You have to appreciate art for art. Anyways, this woman, Caitlin Flanagan, I'm not really sure. She, like I said, she writes for The Atlantic, which is just, just I mean, Karen-level screaming uh, on the left. Uh, uh, she had a back and forth with Bill Maher about uh, Kamala. Tulsi Gabbard. Remember, this is uh, the woman, Caitlin Flanagan. Tulsi Gabbard, remember, that was the moment in the debate where she brought up the, these, there are men and women in California that are in prison for these, you know, pot deals. And then she was laughing about getting high on the radio station. And it was like Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard was a heat-seeking missile. That was the end of it. She's got a lot of, in addition to being, for some reason, an off-putting person... <laughs> She also has a lot of baggage that probably wouldn't do well under a lot of scrutiny. <laughs> I love that line. For some reason, this being an off-putting person. But that is a really accurate way of describing Kamala Harris. There's just something off-putting about her. I'm just like, I don't know what it is about you, but I don't trust you. Um, Not a fan. Right? There's just some people you look at and you're like, um... I don't know about you. Uh, Bill Maher. I just think she's a bad politician. I don't, I think she's a bright person, but I, I can see them doing that um, 
because the problem with Biden is he's being old. If he dies, then you're going to get this person. So here's the problem with the Democrat Party. They're so boxed in by identity politics that you cannot conceive of a Democrat ticket that doesn't have a woman or a person of color on it. And pretty soon you're going to line up behind that gay Latino and you're going to have to have, you know, like a deaf Eskimo maybe. (laughs) And and they were talking about replacing Kamala Harris on the ticket with Biden because— that's going to be the Republican talking point. One of the one talk, the first talking point is going to be Joe Biden doesn't even know his own name. The second point is going to be the person behind it might even be more incompetent. <laughs> Choose wisely. Did you know the funniest movie made in decades came out this past weekend? Oh yeah. According to Rolling Stone. Did comedy of the decade? Yeah. Comedy of the decade. This movie. Best movie in years. Funniest movie in years. Okay. Do you know what it's called? No. <laughs> Sick. It's called Boys. Boys. Bros. Sorry. Bros. It's about boys. Bros. 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 An all gay comedy. Okay. It had a $25 million budget. Not a bit. Wow. But this was the first. Oh, is that supposed to be small? To, this, because to me, that's very big. <laughs> no, $25 million budget. That, I mean, it, it's not that big compared to like, you know, Top Gun and okay. Avatar. But anyways, this was the first big major, um, um, like major uh, all gay wide release from a major studio movie. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be the coming out party for gay rom-coms. Okay. And it's funny? It's not funny? It's supposed to be the funniest movie ever. Okay. The funniest movie in years. Absolute disaster. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Five million dollars box office. Yeesh. So uh, what do you think? $4.8 million. Oh, boy. So, uh, so what do you think happened here? Well, let me tell you what happened. Homophobia is what happened. Oh. Billy Eichner, the uh, actor and I guess writer of this film, Bros, which uh, is an R-rated gay comedy featuring about a, a podcast host who falls in love with a lawyer. The first gay romantic comedy released by a major Hollywood studio. By the way, it features uh, graphic sex scenes as well. So in case you're, uh, you're wondering about that, if you wanted a little, little, uh, little, uh, little gay sex with your comedy, it's a movie here for you. Everyone who isn't a homophobic weirdo should go see Bros tonight. You will have a blast. And it is a special and uniquely powerful to see this particular story on a big screen, especially for queer folks who don't get this opportunity often. I love this movie so much. Go bros. Rolling Stone already has bros on the list of best comedies of the 21st century, Eichner said in the same Twitter thread. What's also true is that one point a theater chain called Universal and said they were pulling the trailer because of gay content. America, F yeah, etc., etc. Last night, I snuck in and sat at the back of a sold-out theater playing Bros in L.A. The audience howled with laughter start to finish, burst into applause at the end. 
and some were wiping away tears as they walked out. It was truly magical. So that's just the world we live in, unfortunately. Is it actually funny? That's just the world we live in, unfortunately. Even with glowing reviews, great Rotten Tomato scores, and A Cinema score, straight people, especially in certain parts of this country, just didn't show up for bros. And that's disappointing, but it is what it is. Okay, well, I don't really care about all that. Is it funny? Well, I don't know if it's funny or not. Do we need to watch this and make No, we're not watching it. I'm not watching bros. I'm not watching bros because here's the point. The point that I'm making isn't whether it's funny or not or whether it's a good movie or not. It might be hysterical. It might be the greatest movie ever made. It may make Citizen Kane look like Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Probably not, though. Chances are it's not. But let's say, for a matter of fact, that it does. And it's all of that. Okay. Why are we obligated to go see your movie? Like, why am I, as someone who is not interested in a gay romantic comedy, why should I go? Why, if I don't go see it, why am I homophobic? Like, that makes me want to see your movie even less than I already did. Number one. Number two, I wanted to look up something just for fun. To look up another movie that certainly didn't get the wide 3,350 theater release that Bros did. Okay? I just wanted to see. Okay. Because, like, this is they, the theater, the, the movie, movie studio put a lot of money behind this. Mm-hmm. A lot of effort behind this. They're expecting a return on this. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't look like they're going to get a return on this. So I wanted to compare it to another movie that came out. You know, another controversial movie that came out earlier this year. Mm-hmm. 2,000 Mules. Oh, he went there. On May 20th, 21st, and 22nd, 2,000 Mules was released in only 415 theaters. But 2,000 Mules in each of those theaters averaged $721, and $475 per theater. Bros averaged 549 519 and 364 on a per theater average, 2,000 mules did better than bros. So Hollywood, just saying, maybe you want to take a, when you're looking at all of this alternative content and you're wondering, scratching your head and wondering, man, I don't know why people, why, why, why God-fearing working class people don't want to go watch a bunch of gay guys have sex with each other in Los Angeles. <laughs> maybe why don't you think about some entertainment that may be appealing to people who uh, wouldn't find that a particular uh, movie uh, to be to their liking. Just a thought. Just a thought. I had to bring that up. All right, let's end on food because we're on a spam kick or spam masubi kick. Ooh, what do you have for me? Spams. So the article's from CNN. How spam became cool again. More than 100,000 visitors stream into the Spam Museum every year in Austin, Minnesota. Wait, wait, wait. There's a Spam Museum? Exactly. I'm glad you caught the right point. Okay, there's a Spam Museum. Okay, when you walk in the door, do they give you some Spam? Because I don't understand. Like, I need to know. I just need to know. I'd love some Spam. So Spam first hit the shelves in 1937. 12 ounce, 25 cents a can. What year? 
and and then the whiskey starts flowing at night, and then you're really tucking into mashed potatoes and gravy. Okay, so I'm anyway, right. anyways, but I I think I'm bringing I think we're bringing some spam. I'm doing spam and eggs. Spam maybe, and eggs, maybe, but maybe, you like more than masubi? Uh, no, I think spam masubi is probably my favorite. Okay. I like spam masubi. Yeah, I think that's a really I think it's a really fun way to eat spam. But I like spam and eggs. All right, that's go. it, folks. All right, folks. So Wednesday will be whatever, but Friday we're gonna have a recap of the debate, and I'm gonna put it in our calendar so we don't forget because I want to watch that. It might honestly just be a full recap of the debate, and that's it. We'll see. All right. See you on Wednesday, y'all. See ya. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. <laughs> <laughs>